If you are traveling across America, you might, in the heat of the late morning, at the edge of a large city and an extensive forest, come across a large hand-painted sign. It will only be there if you aren't in a hurry. You will only notice it if you have no place in particular where you need to be. The sign features one word, and no matter your history with the type of entertainment it advertises, you will be intrigued. If you are lucky, you will continue on, thinking a sign that old couldn't refer to something that still exists. Unfortunately, it still does, but only if you aren't looking for it. You are following a sign marked Zoo. Episode 11, June Mail. Michaela Kaspar, February 4th, 2019. I've found something interesting again. So, these reports of cryptids and their existence isn't as secret as I originally thought. Everybody knows about Bigfoot and the Loch Ness Monster, but these things are posted about in local newspapers and TV specials. There's even an article in a New Jersey paper from before the FBI about a thing called a snallygaster that President Theodore Roosevelt offered to hunt so to present the hide to the Smithsonian. I think I can prove the existence of one of these things in 1992. Come in! Hello? Is there anybody there? What? Huh. Okay, this is bullshit. I'm getting tired of this. I was supposed to be investigating a conspiracy, not joining one. The flash drives with Agent Barnes's interviews and Dahlia's ritual left on my desk. The memory card from J. Edgar Hoover's museum. The stacks of files and cases left outside my office at night, cluttering the hallway leading to the cold case agents. You know, the ones that have actual offices and not desks in the archive room. Now this trash. Somebody just dropped a file box at my door and did a ding-dong ditch up the stairs in the middle of broad daylight. Not like daylight ever really reaches down here in the muck. This box is taped shut in classified documentation tape, like the kind they ship election ballot boxes in. It's labeled only a date, a case file number, and two words on top. 
March 2009, 079-HO-2089. June Mail. But this case was opened in March, so... June Mail. Oh, shit. I am still debating what to do. June Mail is... Shit, do I get in trouble for even talking about it? Um, June Mail is classified because the sources are sensitive. And then some illicit underhanded shit happens. Black bag jobs, something outside of the realm of legal. This is concerning. I do not have the clearance to cut this tape. But it could have answers. And I need answers. It could have the director's head in it for all I know. It's a line in the sand. I'm off book right now, but with the swipe of an X-Acto knife, I break the law. On my tombstone, it'll say traitor or master of civil disobedience, depending on what's in this box. Okay, so this is an unfortunately normal case. I was actually concerned that I was looking at something I'd already seen, but the dates are way off. Spring break, 2009. A group of students from the University of Arkansas left their dorms after classes to go to South Padre Island for a little Texas beach fun that resulted in some MTV airtime. But something went very wrong. Hell, according to analysis of the footage, which probably could have been used as evidence in a dozen other crimes, one of them never made it. It's strange, seeing these kids surrounded by girls actively going wild and frat boys hopefully laying down the seeds to their own Twitter-based downfall. Everybody's so happy but them. They stand there, quiet and unsettled, moving in and out behind the MTV logo. There's Laura Darren. She's standing there, staring off into the middle distance, alone, surrounded by thousands. Corey Ashford stands next to her. He looks like he's about to cry. And that's Normandy Hart, looking into every shadow, over every shoulder, completely paranoid. But where is Paige Rome? What happened to her? There are three interviews. One where Laura doesn't speak because she doesn't have a lawyer. Smart girl. Normandy just says, I don't know what happened to her. She didn't come back with us. Normandy's lying, but I can't really tell about what. And then there's Corey. They told her she had to stay. Her name was right there, man. The place was so weird, and I just... 
It all seemed right. Like how when you're in a dream and pigs fly and your beer never empties and the cookies taste like ribeye steak, but you never question it because the part of your brain that questions these things isn't working. Page stays, we leave, and we never talk about it again. But we still have the tape. Look at the tape, man. Where is Paige now, man? What happened to her? They put her in a cage, man. You gotta get her out. You gotta get her out. And here's the part. Part at least of why this is June mail. If you look at Paige Rome, if you go back through her life, it's so squeaky clean. She grew up in Terre Haute, Indiana, went to Benjamin Franklin Elementary, where she loved art and had A's and B's through high school. She has a few parking violations, a driver's license, a little brother. And the family moves to Oklahoma in her junior year. It's the kind of life that takes up the first half of a chapter where this girl becomes a national leader or a South Seas pirate. The kind of thing you write down when you try to prove exactly how normal somebody's life was before your inciting incident. And that's what's weird. There's nothing here. It's too clean. Too perfect. She never got detention. She has a perfectly squeaky clean school history with a specifically fill-in-the-blank form letter recommendation that gets her into the University of Arkansas, where everything changes. She doesn't go to class. She's not good in the subjects she attends. She nearly fails her first semester. Now, this is not in itself out of the ordinary. No family, nobody to keep her in line, no rules, new girl. But it's more than that. She had straight A's in advanced chemistry in high school. She fails introduction to physical science, and she has a 90% attendance, turns in all of her work. She's just suddenly bad at it. She is a new girl. I've seen this once before. Looked up someone in a database, got a call 20 minutes later from Crystal City. And that's why I think this was June mail. Paige Rome was in witness protection. I'd bet my life on it. And that means she's one of the very few people who ever disappeared from witness protection. And according to Corey Ashford, they caught her disappearance on tape. This tape. Let's see if this was worth it. Smile, everybody. You're on camera. You don't smile for a video camera, Corey. Yeah, you pose for a video. Paige, what are you doing? Reading. Put the book down. We're out of school. Stop being boring. I'll put it down when we get there. Come on, Paige. Say hi to the camera. Why are you taking that thing, by the way? I'm taking film classes. You checked out a department camera to make a student film at spring break? That's what they think, Nor. Just remember not to leave the tape in there when you check it back in. And, um, clean the camera. Oh, let it go, Normandy. It's spring break.
Laura, why are you turning here? We're low on gas. We need to find a gas station. This is the first exit I've seen in an hour without a gas station on the off-ramp. Don't worry. There will be a gas station just up the road here. Paige, turn up the radio. I like this song. Driving through Texas, a group of unsuspecting college students drive out into the countryside looking for gas. What they find will change their lives. We're in Arkansas, so more Boggy Creek creature than Texas Chainsaw Massacre. What is a Boggy Creek creature? Oh my god, Laura, you can't just say things like that. Watch a movie for once. I watch movies all the time, Corey. I just watched Twilight in the theater in November. Ugh, I forgot you're one of them. Hush, Corey. You just like making fun of things teenage girls like because you think it makes you sound smart. I will have you know that the structure of that film is so incompetent. It's fine, Corey. Laura, there is no gas station on this road. Well, I figured there would be one. Creature is about three foot tall. White. Where are we? Halfway between Little Rock and the Wachita National Forest, with no particular destination, it seems. There! A sign! Is it for a gas station? No, it's for a... A zoo? Oh my god. Oh, I fucking love zoos! I don't know. Shouldn't we be looking for a gas station? We're making good time. And don't worry about it. We can get directions to the nearest gas station here. I don't really have the money to go to a zoo. Oh, I will pay for your ticket. No, 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 don't go in the- Damn it! Corey, get the thing out of my face! This is weird. I don't- I don't think I know what that is. Um, guys? What the hell is that? It's a horse? Oh. Oh no. What's wrong with its head? It says it's... It says it's a unicorn. That is not a unicorn. I assure you, that very much is a unicorn. Holy fuck, that's a unicorn. Unicorns do not look like that. Unicorns don't exist. Oh, you're talking about the horn? Uh, looks like it has a big deer antler popping out of its head. 
Yes, that's what makes it a unicorn. Well, that and some musculature differences. The reason you think unicorns have that long spike horn is because Vikings sold Norwal horns to the French as unicorn horns for a tremendous profit. Oh, those crafty Vikings. And as for the they don't exist thing, I suggest you try to relieve yourself of that point of view. You will find your time here much more enjoyable if you don't let such ideas get in the way. Who are you? What is this place? It feels so familiar. I am Rafferty, a zookeeper here. And this is, as far as we know, the world's only cryptid zoo. What's a, what did you say, a cryptid? They're creatures that don't exist. They're creatures that don't exist in science. Same thing. Something can exist outside of the realm of science. No, it can't. Oh, well, what do you call that? Wait, what is that? That, that, that's a giant ground sloth. They've been dead for 10,000 years. Wow. No, not wow. That's impossible. Megatherium novodenali. The unblinking eyes discovered this herd about 70 years ago near the Arctic Circle. We were able to rescue them before the construction of the Trans-Alaskan Pipeline began. They are slightly different from the giant ground sloths of the Pleistocene era, but they are essentially exactly what they look like, an extinct animal out of time. They, they can't. They... They aren't... They aren't extinct. There's six of them right there. But science says they are extinct. So they are. These are post-extinction animals. But they did exist once. Not like unicorns. That's the difference between a classification 5 and a classification 8. Iriuli are lingerlings, things that live past their supposed date of extinction, while the unicorn is more mythological in basis, something our head zoologist hates to admit. What... What else do you have here? Oh, many things, many, many things. Up this path is Beasts of the North, including a Barkus and a Harmonious Paired Ozark Howler. Beyond that is Reptile House, where you can pet a Tanzel Worm or take a picture in front of the Hodag. And then it's time for family fun at the Chupacabra Cove. Just down that way is the Aviary, where you can see majestic creatures such as fire-breathing Ropin, ivory-billed woodpeckers, and giant thunderbirds. Like... You have a Native American... No, no, no. It's just an old name for a giant eagle. Not to be confused with the Native American spiritual creature. We're trying to get the name changed. We acknowledge that it's insensitive, but the community is old and entrenched in their ways. The community? Well, you see, we are unique. Our board is very specifically chosen by our director from a list of carefully vetted members of the public. It is our mission to preserve the creatures, and unfortunately for most, preservation means complete isolation from the general public. This place is so weird. Oh, and did I mention the dinosaur? The, the what? what? I'm hungry. Well, I heard the loudspeaker say there's something called Dimwav burgers at the concession stand. Didn't we see one of those dimwavs on display back there? They were the ones that were like haunting and tall and made everybody feel dizzy. Look, there's a food court. We can get something there. Okay, so the concession stand is decorated with gourds. Just dozens of dried um, gourds. What do you have? Everything. Everything? As far as I know. If it fits in a gourd, it fits in the cart. You... you serve food in 
gourd bowls? Food, stuffed animals, apparel, telephone service, small animals not regulated by the mandate, lost items. Cookie dough ice cream? That, that looks like cookie dough ice cream. Oops, I forgot your spoon. Do you have hummus? Do you want the standard or the kind your grandmother made? What? This? This tastes exactly like my grandmother's hummus. Told you we had everything. Oh, I have nachos. Do you have anything with meat? Like, uh, I don't know, like a kebab or something? What is wrong with her eyes? Please? Oh, are you lost, little girl? Oh, oh no. Um, one moment. <sighs> we have a child out of the discovery barn. It's okay. We'll help you. Um, sir, is there a way you can make an announcement on the loudspeaker? Related to anything we're tracking. I know that voice. Oh, Jesus. Oh, oh no. I ain't never seen anybody make announcements on the loudspeaker but the announcer. <laughs> Jesus, Mary and Joseph, what the hell are you? Oh, I'm the groundskeeper. It'll be okay, little girl. We'll get you back home. Is something wrong with her eyes? Paige, you can't just ask if something is wrong with a person's eyes. She's a mm, long-term guest over at the Discovery Barn. I'll take it back over to the Slender Man. I don't want to go back to the Slender Man. Well, you should have thought about that before becoming a cursed little hell abomination that lures people to the doom. Dr. Trenchard, have Siobhan ask Natalie about the siren. Who's Natalie? Oh, she's on the board. She's a woman in Baltimore that controls the inherent eroticism of the sea. Usually, she can help offer some insight on the sea creatures we have in exhibit. Okay, thank you, Amos. Come on, child. Hurry your cursed little feet. Sorry about that. She didn't hurt any of you, did she? Hurt us? She's just a little girl. Yeah, that's what she wants you to think. Slenderman generally keeps them pretty under control. What's a Slenderman? Yeah, it's probably best you don't know. I'm Dr. Tabitha Trenchard, by the way. Associate zoologist here at the zoo. You enjoying yourselves? Um, yeah. We just saw the dinosaur. That thing was amazing. I've never seen a long neck with those spines along the back and tail. Oh, well, it's not really a dinosaur. Mokelium bimbe is a descendant of an unknown stratum of Amorgosaurus, in the way that birds are descendant of late Cretaceous raptor species. But you don't call finches dinosaurs. Sorry, I'm babbling. I do that. You know a lot about the creatures here, don't you? Well, she is a zoologist. How do you find these things? Well, I'll tell you. Why don't you come this way? You see, our director has the innate ability to kinda uh, show up where there's danger. If there's a crisis, especially a strange situation like a warren of bipedal frogs or a crash of gargoyles, well, he can pretty easily track them down. So he just like, has a eureka moment and just knows Bigfoot's address? 
Do you have a Bigfoot? No, um, no, we do not. Bigfoot isn't real. Oh, no, he is. He's just, well, it's embarrassing. He's very hard to find, even for us. You can't find Bigfoot. That's kind of the point of Bigfoot, isn't it? No, there are other ways we find them. Board members are very well connected. There's a small community. We have some people that find strange occurrences through normal and unusual means. But the most interesting method is the zoo itself. You see, sometimes the zoo just draws in the unusual. It's not strange to see a 13-foot antlered megafauna or a glow-in-the-dark penguin just walk through the front gate. It's like the zoo calls to them, and every so often, they answer. What's this exhibit? I don't see anything. The sign says it's a... Okay, this is a joke, right? What is it, Nor? It's... It's me, isn't it? It's my exhibit. Oh my god, she's right. It says it right here. Is that... Is that your senior photo? It says, Page Alice Rome. Roma Charter Elysium. It's... Oh god, it's you. It's you! Corey, it's time to turn off the camera. Paige, we need to talk. No way, man. I'm not gonna... Hey! Where did you... Give me back my camera, dude! I mean it. I will mess you up! Holy shit. I just saw the inside. And so did they. And... And Paige. Oh, fuck. And Amos. And so many other normal people. And what was up with that guy with the gourds? Oh, God. Oh, God, I've got it. I've got proof. I have what I need. I can link this girl to Amos, and Amos to Barnes, and Barnes to Dahlia, and Amos to Dr. Van Zant, and Van Zant to Beckett's Banshees. Okay, I've got to lay this all out. Yes? Agent Caspar, delivery from the Kansas City field office. Just in time. was created by C.J. Hausch, Connie Kitts, and Cody Phillips. The voice of Michaela Kespar is Connie Kitts. The voice of Amos is C.J. Hausch. The voice of Corey is Chris Casey. Visit him at C.D. Casey on Twitter. And listen to his podcast, One to Grow On, at One to Grow On Pod. The voice of Normandy is Fox Cooper. Visit Fox at Mulder PLS. The voice of the Gourd Man is C.J. Hausch. The voice of Laura is Tal Manier. Visit Tal at Starplanes. The voice of Paige is Aaron B. Lillis. Visit Aaron at AaronLillis.com. The voice of Zookeeper Rafferty is Maria Mikla Savage. You can reach Maria at Maria at MariaMiklasavageVoiceOver.com. The voice of Dr. Trenchard is Alex Jameson. Visit Alex at A. Jameson Voice. The voice of the black-eyed child is Mira. Original music by Nathan Gandy. Sun showers by Micah Tyler. 
Visit her at micatyler.com. Follow us on Twitter at ZooPodcast. Money can't buy you love, but it can buy us love. So why not give us some? Please donate at patreon.com slash ZooPodcast. We would like to thank our Spooklight sponsors, Yzma Hecht and Lucille Valentine, and our Bigfoot benefactors, Paul Matteo and Matthew Statton. Zoo Fact Doppelgangers are not in any way related to changeling children. Although the effect on their victims are similar, doppelgangers choose very carefully the person whose life they will be taking. And, once they have selected their victim and changed places via killing them, the doppelganger will then forget its past life and assume all aspects of the identity they've stolen. I'm your host, Dix McKenzie. We're gonna get arrested. <laughs> this is going to be used in the indictment.